Hello, I'm Jesse Kester, and this is my co-host Naomi Beatty. I'm Naomi Beatty, and this is my sidekick, Jesse Kester. Woo! <laughs> got it. I think I got it that time. That was pretty close. I was trying to. I know what you were doing. I totally could tell what you were doing, and I didn't. It didn't work. The song was too slow for you. I'm fading it out. I don't even want to hear that song right now. <sighs> Uh, just so we're clear, just so we're yeah. clear, those of you keeping score at home, this is not a bit where I can't woo on the beat. That's how bad my rhythm is. That's um, a total lie, because you you just produced a 13-minute rap song. So oh, I, I you're know overselling it. It's 11 and a half oh, minutes. Well, so I know, I know you can keep a beat. But I just, I can't get that woo. Okay. That's like the one thing I haven't been able to do in my life. Every other goal, nailed it. 100% success rate, except for that uh, woo. Then I think you're failing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to Movies, the podcast with your failure host, me. Anyway, um, today we've got a lot to get into, don't we? We do. I'm looking at my ledger right now. <laughs> I really like your clipboard. I'm enjoying it, too. Uh, we are going to talk about interview with the vampire, the Vampire Chronicles, the full title. Uh, and when we do, we might talk about louses and blouses. <laughs> See, I didn't even tell you that one beforehand. No. I was saving that one in the back pocket. Uh, we, we might ask the question, what does it all mean? And we just mean about the film. We're not going to mm-hmm. get existential here. Yeah. Uh, the, you've got a question, whose story is it? Yep. Um, I might talk a little bit about lame framing. Okay. This film might have some of that somewhere <laughs> along the way. And Opt in Hell is another title. I think I'm going to raise a little cane about that. Okay. Um, and then afterwards, I'm going to pitch... Like, I'm just calling it now. This is a home run. Okay. It's called Lifeblood. Okay. So, I like it. I like yeah. the title. And, Excellent. Uh, but, but you have no opinion on the it being a home run thing. Well, I, I reserve judgment until I hear the pitch. This is me you're talking to. <laughs> That's why I reserve judgment. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Fire coming from Naomi C. You, can I ask you a quick question? Sure. How did, when did you get sassy? <laughs> I'm looking over my notes here, and it did not say anywhere that Naomi is now sassy. It's That's my emotion for the week. <laughs> okay, well, okay, then let me ask you properly. Let, let's follow formality. Uh, the question that I need to ask before we get into any of the film mm-hmm. discussion is, did you have any emotions this week? Mm-hmm. And if so, what was the dominant one? I'm going to go with sass. That's an Oy. emotion. It is coming through uh, loud and proud, long and strong. I'm getting it. You're <laughs> okay. sassy now. Is this going to be, like, moving forward, I should just expect a more sassy Naomi? Or You know what it is, actually? Here's, I'll, I'll tell you really where it's coming from. I'm back on caffeine. Oh, so, yeah, no, that, that'll do it. Yeah, so that's, well, that's, I think, now I understand the caffeine sass correlation. Yeah, oh, no, it's, it's uh, the, the, the lines on the chart are almost, they're almost yeah. identical. Yeah, so there you go. So uh, when, when did you get back on the caffeine? Mm. A few days ago. Okay. Because I wanted to talk to you about that. The last episode we recorded, halfway through, you fell asleep. There was like (laughs) seven minutes of snoring that I left in. I don't snore. That's a lie. Oh, you won't. Check the tape. Check the (laughs) tape. Wait a minute. We weren't supposed to talk about this emotion. I know. It's your fault. Okay. I take full responsibility. (laughs) What emotion have you been feeling this week? Oh, boy. It's been a mix. I'm trying to think. What was the dominant one? Um, It's 
Can I go with contentment? Yeah, of course. Lots of work, lots of very satisfying work and interactions with creative, kind people. Mm. And you just can't help but feel content yeah. after a day of, of that type of stimulation. So that's good. There, there we like go. It. It's much, I'd much prefer it to impenetrable depression. Yeah. <laughs> Given if I had my druthers, sure. <laughs> I would take contentment any day. Yeah. Oh, right. I think that just about covers. I love having a, a clipboard. clipboard. It's very <laughs> official. You look yes, like you know what you're doing. I, I feel powerful. It's flowery. Don't get, say. don't, I shouldn't get too haughty on this one. Uh, anyway, I think we're good on intro. Are we good? Yeah. Okay, then let us get into. The talk. Okay. Going a little, uh, a little like. Catholic there? I was going to say Gregorian chant. Yeah, that's the thing. Because like, this is kind of when the vampires start mm, their adventure. I see. It, it's, it's thematic. It's thematic. I see. I am taping this clipboard to my hand. I have I just gestured for the first time in my life with a clipboard. <laughs> the feeling of authority. I'm putting it down right now. You're drunk with authority. Yes. Um, uh, the um, Interview with the Vampire. The Vampire yeah. Chronicles starring Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Hottie McHotterson, Chisel Ab, Strong Jaw, and oh, I thought you were talking about uh, Hunky McThunders and, <laughs> and oh, and Little, little Miss Angel, Christian Dunst. Uh, uh, what, what? Can we get a, 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 a summary? Yeah. So this logline I stole from IMDb. Okay, you little thief. <laughs> yep, and it's a vampire tells his epic life story: colon love. Betrayal, loneliness, and hunger. Now, is that the two dots, or is it like butt colon? What? In the colon. A colon is the two, two dots. Oh, okay. That makes much more sense than what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Should I should I re-say, restate that one? Was that Not at all. for anyone? <laughs> Not at all. That okay, was my yeah. joke. I think that that log line pretty much sums up the fact that the story doesn't have a strong narrative drive. No, it does not. Yeah. Uh, but well, let's 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 back up a little okay. bit. Did you enjoy the experience of watching so this, this film? Uh, this was the second time I've seen it. The first okay. time was when it first came out um, when I was just a wee child. Wait, were you like a teenager? What were you back then? I don't then? remember. Okay. Let's, let's not count the years. Oh, no, okay. okay. <laughs> I was very very young though, yes. and um, I think I at the time I loved it. Because it had vampires. Yes. Today, I did not love it. Really? Yeah. I loved it so much. I found it so boring. That uh, I did too, but that did not inf- affect my, <laughs> my assessment of the you film. Have a, you have a higher threshold for, for boredom. I found it so boring. There was, um, like I said, there was no narrative momentum to it there wasn't a none whatsoever there was no line of action that i could follow and anticipate no goals no goals so they just lived forever and did what they wanted to while they lived forever (laughs) and talk about not having a ticking clock no you get to live forever and so you're just going to keep Going day to day, not really pursuing the anything. The first 45 minutes was brooding about how much life sucks <laughs> without a ticking clock. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was my that was my impression. How about you say you say that you loved it, though? So. All right. Well, let's go down the checklist of what I want in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, insanely hot guys. Check. <laughs> Ruffly blouses. Check. Okay. Done. Yeah. Done. So you're in. Yeah. All in on this one. I hear you. And I don't even, here's the thing. I'm going to throw a curveball your way. Mm -hmm. I don't think Brad Pitt's hot at all. 
in this movie or in general? I, uh, when he was young. I think he looked, mm. He looks like a squirrel with too many nuts in his cheek. <laughs> he has gotten better with age. He looks fantastic now, but when mm-hmm. he was... I don't get it. Yeah. I just don't get it, but good Lord, the ruffles. What do you suppose the ruffle budget was on this film? <laughs> Probably half of the overall budget. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> um, yeah, it just... Okay, so... so you're was there a- anything you liked in this? No. I mean... Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> I mean, for me, it's... it's um, I'm going to see if I'm going to try to crowbar yeah. your opinion a little bit. Okay. Maybe. It doesn't even have for me, it doesn't even have like the nostalgic appeal that I thought it would, uh, because I remember liking it so much. I mm-hmm. thought, Oh, even if it's campier now than I remember, I will enjoy rewatching it because I'll remember what I loved about it the first time. I'm, I'm just going to tell you as a kid, I must've had terrible taste because this movie was not good. Well, also when we were kids, like the, the technology in filmmaking, not just uh, not just CGI, but I mean like the intellectual technology, sure. the amount of themes that can be explored in a single film. Like if you watch an episode, uh, a sitcom episode of ALF and how much plot was in 22 minutes of ALF, compare right. that to 22 minutes of Community. Sure. Uh, or 22 minutes of Rick and Morty compared yeah. to season one of The Simpsons. Like just the amount of plot and ideas and emotions that they're yeah. able to pack in. This is, it, yeah, this feels things, of a different era. Like the technology wasn't up. there. Right. For sure. So our story, our storytelling has sped up quite a bit, um, over time. I think that, you know, if you're going down the checklist of things that I looked mm-hmm. for in movies as yes. a kid, it had vampires that yes. I was in, you know, yeah. you weren't even in it for the, for the hot guys. No. Like that, that didn't speak to you at all. Come think, on. Even no, Antonio Banderas. Jesus no. Christ. I actually, I'm trying to remember of, of those three, I think I was a bigger Tom Cruise fan at that point in time mm-hmm. than anything else uh, or than anyone else. So I was probably in it for him. He's largely absent. Like there's mm-hmm. a good there's a third of the film he's where not. he's kind of yeah. either old and sitting in a chair or not on screen at all. Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, but vampires, I was, all, I was all in for the vampires and it was like a little bit bloody and gory, you know, and kind of like scary in that way. Mm-hmm. So that would have checked off those things on my list. It, it felt, um, this was something I kept, I kept thinking for the first 45 minutes, I felt like nobody knew that they were in a silly movie, <laughs> but it was a very silly movie, but they just yeah. had no clue how, yeah. how very silly it was. Can I try to crowbar your opinion? Sure, go for Can it. I try? Okay. Here's what I did like about it. Mm-hmm. I liked that it, um, it explored the mechanics of daily life as a vampire, like how he okay. mitigated his hunger by eating rats. Mm-hmm. I really liked that kind of that that thread of a story that sure. went nowhere and had nothing to do with anything else, really. Sure. And then I really, really liked it when Kirsten Dunst shows up mm-hmm. and they now have this kind of like orphan hodgepodge family of people who don't fit in anywhere and hate each other for very unique reasons. Mm-hmm. I, th- I felt like that was a really just a, an exploration of the mundane day to day life of being a vampire that I hadn't really seen before. Sure. And if it had sped up, if it had been plot driven, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have gotten that treat of. I of, think we would have. I think okay. you could still have a plot. That's fair. And That's have, fair. I was I, I over I overstretched my <laughs> my reach there. I do think if you had had a stronger plot in this movie and given the character something to do, mm-hmm. you could still have all those details coloring the world, you know, yes. and filling it You're out and, right. and making it feel interesting and and new and uh, giving us a, a view into a world that we don't know or unfamiliar with, whatever, and still have the plot moving. That's all fair. Yeah. That's all fair. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, 
I got I got some I got some things that I didn't like that okay. I don't think played well. Uh, they kill lots of people in the aristocracy, and there's no investigation. Yeah, like they just go from rich person's house to rich person's house, kill all of them, and yeah. nobody cares. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I sort of felt like that's one of those things that's excused by the time period. Mm-hmm. You have to remember, there's no CSI. <laughs> there's no, no, there's no cell phone. Still, like, there's, you know. There is the shot of them carrying six coffins sure. out of a bajillionaire's house. Right. No investigation. Right. right. They And they, they're coming out like dabbing the blood off the side of their mouth with they, the coffins. They do make a point of talking about the plague that is... Uh, happening you know so i sort of assume like okay you can you can get away with killing a bunch of people if there's also this other natural force that's killing Mm -hmm. a lot of people and you can kind of you know throw everyone into the one pile of dead so what did you think of the play scene the the where they (laughs) for those of you who aren't watching the video feed (laughs) lacklusterly closed her eyes halfway and then rolled them that they weren't even open for the roll I, I'm, I can't, you can't crowbar my opinion on this one. I don't think, because I, I honestly was so bored through the entire movie, but it was Antonio, but it was, I know. I just don't care. Like I, there was nothing in this movie for me to care about. And uh, I think you can even hear it in my voice. Like I, I'm trying to muster (laughs) enough care about it to even have this conversation. You know what what I'm going to do? I'm going to call into direct question. Okay. Your passion for brooding bundles of hotness. <laughs> I don't want my brooding bundles of hotness to be silly, okay? And okay, these yes, were this was silly. very silly and very, <laughs> very self serious. Yes. There was no irony to any of it. At yeah. no moment did anyone betray that, that they were in a ridiculous movie. Right. Which it, which it is, is ridiculous. It? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm so. gonna, I'll go down that path <laughs> with you. So, okay, we get into a bigger question. Mm-hmm. Um, Virgin Suicides left you cold. Yep. This one left you cold. Yeah. Like what, what, what can we, what can we learn from this? How can we be adaptating better? Is that the word? (laughs) That is not the word. (laughs) Yeah. So that, that is a bigger question that I was thinking about, um, in my, in my total boredom over this movie, I was thinking, you know, honestly, the, between the two of us, we have not chosen, uh, I was going to say we haven't chosen well, but maybe we have chosen well because we've we, chosen a series of movies for our adaptation theme um, that were just not very good. I I think all of our conversations in this adaptation series. Oh, have, and Pet Cemetery was also just kind of like well, a non-starter. That was yeah. I mean, that was sort of our our transition. Yeah. That was really part of our horror horror yeah, yeah, series. Yeah. But so we did. But we um, did talk about a little bit of yes, framing in the adaptation. Sure. Series. But we did Chappaquiddick. Oh, and ugh. then Virgin Suicides. When, as soon as you said Chappaquiddick, I thought, oh, that's why I couldn't remember yes, which one we talked about. I know. So Chappaquiddick, Virgin Suicides, and uh, Interview with the Vampire, right? Yes. And it's like, out of the three of those, could you recommend any of them to anyone? Like, I wouldn't. Only if they were doing a series of adaptation analysis right. essays or podcasts or something. <laughs> right. That would be the only reason to recommend yeah. any of these. And of the three of them, I think The Virgin Suicides gets the most love sort of from critics uh, and viewers excuse and things me? like that. Oh, okay. Not you mean outside of, this outside of this half of the table? <laughs> yeah. Well, outside of this table at all. Yeah. I think that one 
most people would say it's it's a well-regarded movie, right? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think through our discussions, we have been clear that like there wasn't anything super compelling about any of these these movies that we've chosen. Yes, none of none of them grabbed us by the gut right. or the heart and pulled us in and didn't let us go till the very end. Yeah. So the bigger question that I started wondering about is. Um, since we chose so poorly for this series, are there any adaptations that you actually like and think are good movies and also that they're good adaptations? And if so, what are they? And what do you think is effective about the adaptation? Like why, why were those better movies than these, you know? Okay. Let me start my list with, uh, like water for chocolate or como agua para chocolate. (laughs) as the title is. Mm -hmm. Um, I love, love, love that movie so much. And I think, let me pull that back to, I think I talked about classics on one of my something, anything else that you shouldn't be intimidated by these, these art house Mm -hmm. darlings that some of them are just a rollicking good time. And like water for chocolate is very much one of those. It looks like when you pick up the DVD, it looks stuffy and, oh, it's a period piece in Mexico during the Civil War. What It's just a rollicking good time. It's so much fun. There's so much love in it, so much comedy, so much joy in Mm. it. The pain feels pain. It's just a beautiful movie. It's uh, wonderfully shot, wonderfully Mm -hmm. directed. It was actually the first set that uh, Robert Rodriguez was on. It's what gave him the the appetite for more filmmaking. He got called down there for a little bit just to see what what was going on and (laughs) a career was launched there there's no desperado without like water for chocolate Uh, another one that, that was on my list of goodens, the the Lord of the Rings, the original trilogy, I mm-hmm. think, uh, really gives, the books are huge, the films are huge. They're like mm-hmm. four hours each if you get the extended editions, and there's yeah. so much breathing room, so much beautiful nature, so much design, lots of white yeah. people, but... <laughs> And men, all of them. Sure. But there's enough other stuff. Like, it's it's fun. And mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like it captured the intent of the books and captured the, mm-hmm. the story and the message of, of the books without, without leaving you high and dry. Yeah. Um, and the other one that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest, because I didn't see Paddington 1, I'm going to say Paddington 2 uh-huh. is fantastic. <laughs> if you love just nice things, yeah. this is the film for you. Well, so I saw Paddington 1, yes. and I thought that was also delightful. So... I recommend it if you if you liked Paddington too. I'm sure you'll like Paddington one. Uh, it was very sweet and it really was an emotional uh, movie. It yeah, it's it totally caught me off guard because it's a CGI bear mm-hmm. movie, the mm-hmm. adaptation of a chill. I thought you know like what's yeah. what's the what's how can this possibly not be mundane at best? Yeah, obnoxious. So so good. Yeah, well they so actually, good. I mean they found a they found a smart way. I haven't seen two, but okay. I've seen you, one. I'm not asking you to speak on part two. I'll let you speak on part one and then I'll say part two. Well, they, they found um, a story <laughs> to put that character in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they... What was the story of part um, one? I, I actually couldn't give you plot details, but I remember okay. it being very much about this family and Paddington wanting to be a part of this family. And that's going to get... You know what I mean? Like that reaches everyone. Everyone has a understands the feeling of wanting to belong or wanting to belong to a family or mm-hmm. the importance of family. You know, I feel like that's a really universal sort of thematic area. And so they were very smart to sort of mine that for their for their story. You want to know the plot of part two? I'm guessing it's similar. No, <laughs> oh. no, no. It's, it, it is. Uh, 
it's as equally aggressively mundane. Like it's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not, it's not Fury Road. Mm-hmm. The plot of the second one is that he wants to get the perfect present for his Aunt Lucy, who's coming to visit in the mm. city. And the struggles he goes through oh. to find just the right thing to give her. Interesting. So equally, like simple, mm-hmm. equally bound to the heart. Yeah. And then they just spend the rest of the yeah. film exploring how that can go wrong. Yeah. So that's but, it's sweet. So I, yes, I'm going to give you a couple talk of my about, examples. I want to know about your examples. Yes. So so some of my favorite examples of adaptations are The Silence of the Lambs. You never mentioned that you liked that film. <laughs> Why know. didn't you tell us? Surprise. Yeah. Um, Fight Club. That's a good one. Great one. About a Boy is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I don't think that's as common of a favorite movie for people, but I think it's fantastic. Um, Gone Girl, I thought was a great adaptation. Almost Famous. And Stand By Me, which was a novella. Just a, a short quick, story or novella? I can't remember. A quick note. We mm-hmm. were going to watch Almost Famous for this episode, and yep. then I vetoed it because it was two coming-of-age stories back-to-back. The, yeah. Like, the Virgin Suicides felt very much coming-of-agey and Almost Famous. Sure. Very... But I also vetoed it. because oh, yeah. Because I knew, I knew that we both liked that movie so much. Oh, yeah, I yeah, thought we yeah. wouldn't yeah. have anything to talk yes. about. So little did I know that that might have been a better I'm, choice. I'm wondering if we should have watched Almost Famous and then we could have done a deeper dive into like what makes a coming of age work by mm. comparing these two adaptations. We could have well, discovered something. I know. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight being what um, it is these days. But so I think what's for me the mm-hmm. the kind of in thinking about like what makes a good adaptation, right? Like what makes it effective. Um, I don't have any hard and fast answers for you, but I will say the of the ones that I like, mm-hmm. the thing that makes them effective for me is that they are. So they're not faithful adaptations in that they take everything directly from the source material and lay it out in an exact, you know, replica, but they're mm-hmm. faithful to the spirit of it. Okay. So like about a boy is, is one of my favorite examples because the book and the movie for me are equally as good, but in totally different ways. So mm-hmm. the, the, the book has a, you know, a lot more, as you can imagine, it has more subplots and the, the plot is actually somewhat different in the book um, than it is in the movie. And yet they both, they evoke the same feelings. They uh, mine the same themes and they both, you know, offer sort of like the entertainment hook is kind of the same in each one, even though the stories are slightly different. Right. So I think that that is for me, the key to a good adaptation. It's like, um, assuming I like the source material, if you can be kind of spiritually faithful to the source mm-hmm. material, then you, you're probably going to win me over. Even if you have to change some things from the original to the, to the adaptation. Well, I'm just going to go uh, quick as I can through some of these. And there's another thread that, that is jumping out at me, uh, like water for chocolate. Uh, the goal is Tita and Pedro want to love each other and mm-hmm. they can't over, over decades. Lord of the Rings, you got to get that ring to the dang mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paddington, we just discussed the goals of the mm-hmm. film to become part of the family, to find the perfect present. Uh, almost famous to, to be more like to write the article, to yeah. get, to understand this world of adulthood through a child's eyes. Um, the, the Virgin Suicides. to the what (laughs) interview with a vampire like what were the what were the films about what were we trying to get to by the end of the film yeah it's never said and we never get there and i think that's kind of like the the most damning strike against those two yeah chappaquiddick had a goal like cover up this murder but it was such a like that was a that had different problems well i was going to say the the problem with that goal is that you're 
you're sort of not really rooting for yeah, him yeah, to yeah. succeed yes. because you're like, he killed someone. Yes, he straight up murdered someone yeah. while drunk driving. Right, the, the, right. The, the, yeah. Yeah. Not on board. Yeah. Uh, can I, can I get academic for a second? Mm-hmm. Talking about interview with the vampire. Yes. <laughs> okay. Here's, uh, here's where I think the movie, if we're looking at kind of the, the craft of that story, mm-hmm. here's where I think it falls down. Uh, they don't have a clear main character who's driving the story with a clear goal and a pursuit of that goal. I know we touched on this earlier, but I, I thought this is the perfect opportunity to, to bring you back around and talk about mm-hmm. like, this is really, if you are adapting material and trying to figure out like, how am I going to take this, you know, 400 page novel and find the uh, movie version of it, right? The first thing you can do to make your job easier is figure out who your main character is. Who was the main character in Interview with the Vampire? Who do you? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Nobody. Yeah, there what? There, there isn't one, right? And um, you think it's Brad Pitt because he gets victimized into being a vampire, and it's going to be like, how do you get out of yeah. this? How do you fix this? Uh, that was what opt in hell. He could have died at any point. All his brooding about how horrible it was. All he had to do was open the door in the daylight, and yeah. his hell would have been over. So True. the whole thing like fell flat. That yep. that, that it all hinged on him being yeah. in eternal hell. He was not. He was. He, he, he kept talking about being having been doomed to this life, and it's like, yeah, but you can still choose to get yeah, out of you, it. You're any minute, any time the sun right. rises, you got your out. Yeah. Yeah, um, good point. Anyway, whose story was it? Sorry yeah, to interrupt so you. Whose story was it? I mean, I think that that like if you know if we're looking at looking for lessons that we can sort of take away from this, and you're if you're going to adapt a novel, um, figure out who your main character is, and then figure out what that through line of action is that you can use to sort of give your story a spine. Right, mm-hmm. that everything else is going to hang off of this. It's about someone who wants something very badly and goes after it against, you know, big obstacles or, or forces of antagonism. That's like, that's your spine. If you can find that, um, that gives you a framework for the story. And, and, you know, part of the adaptation process is figuring out what you don't need in your version of the story. So everything needs to connect to that spine. And if you have details that you love that don't connect to that spine, you have to either find ways that they can connect or kill your darlings, you know, get rid of those. So that's my... That's my academic academic soapbox for and you. I I do I agree with you. I I do wonder like what, do you feel like the Christian Slater story had anything to do with anything in no, this story? No, nothing in this movie Was had it? anything to do with anything. That's the problem. Okay. But it, uh, I'm being too hard on it. I I really did find it sort of frustratingly boring. Okay. I I found it delightfully boring. <laughs> perfectly boring. So it, here's what here's what I think that maybe they were going for and wasn't achieved. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a certain type of story that is, is the, um, the, uh, the new, the, the new eyes on a world or on an iconic figure, right? Like, mm-hmm. have you ever seen last King of Scotland? Nope. Uh, it's, it's, I, I really enjoyed that movie. So it's about Idi Amin, right? Okay. EDM like electronic dance music. Yeah. <laughs> Skip that. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about a different one. Um, okay. So what's the what's that movie that's about? Is it about Mozart or Beethoven? I think it's about... Amadeus? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Amadeus, right? Which I've never seen. But okay. I think this is the same type of um, of movie, right? Where the, the story is actually being told through the other character who's looking yes, at... That's the exactly Salieri is yeah, seeing Mozart's story and he's bubbling looking, with rage. Yes, exactly. Yes. So he's looking at the iconic figure. And because I haven't seen this movie, <laughs> I can't speak to it. You're but, guessing right so far. But if 
if my guess is right, then it's actually Salieri's movie. And he's, oh, absolutely. he's it's the movie. one yes. with a goal whose yep. movements yep. we're tracking towards that goal and away from that goal. So yep. 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 His goal is to be a great composer. And there's this composer right next to him who will always be effortlessly better than yeah. him by a magnitude of infinity. Right. Exactly. So this is a, this is a fairly common story type, right? That, mm-hmm. um, if you're writing about an iconic figure, it's one way to do it. And I think that in interview with the vampire, that is either they were trying to do this and just didn't quite meet it, or they could have tried to do it and maybe made this work better, which is like the vampire Lestat is, or Lestat is the iconic figure, right? And Brad Pitt is the newbie coming into the world of vampires, looking at this iconic figure. And if he had had a goal, you know what I mean? Like we, that it would have been a very effective or a more effective story. They hinted at it. Like Brad Pitt wanted to be a humane vampire. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to be a a violent against humans vampire. So there was some, there was like the seed of conflict, but they lost that. Yeah. It was very efficiently. He, it was sort of like that character gave up and just was like, fine, I'll just, I'll eat this little girl now. Whatever. Go along with whatever you want. Cause you're so powerful, you know, but they could have done that version. They could have done the Amadeus version, right? Where Lestat was, Amadeus and very Mm -hmm. talented and charming and charismatic and whatever. And Brad Pitt was the Salieri character who was like, um, less trying to be, you know, a cool vampire, but like maybe trying to do it a different way or trying to make his own, you know, Oh, there's so much, there's so much to, to, to think about. Like it could have been very fun to watch him, him try to, uh, bring a code of ethics to the world of vampires right. and how the, how that would scrape against hundreds of years of tradition yeah. and, and uh, seeing that tradition get chipped away at and seeing his right. his strength, his inner right. strength get chipped away as he sees these institutions. Another pitch for you, yes. another way they could have done this story is um, Tandy Newton, who poor Tandy Newton, who Brad Pitt didn't want to kill, but he, she was the, the servant girl. In his mansion. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So was, when he comes out with her in his arms, and he's like, Burr, "Everybody, run away! I'm really evil now. Take your freedom, or whatever he's <laughs> You're all released. They could have totally had a love triangle where he was trying to keep her from being turned into a vampire by mm-hmm. Lestat, right? Like, yeah, they, they yeah, didn't yeah. play with that at all. Like, she was the one person who meant anything to him until you know, dude. Brad Pitt's solution to everything in that movie was burning the thing down. <laughs> like he did that so often, it became boring. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I think there were a lot of ways they had they had pieces that they could have worked with. It was mm-hmm. like oh yeah 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 they had it the was ingredients like they, they had the powder keg and they had the spark at opposite ends of the room yeah, at it, all times. It was sort of like they felt like oh well we have enough people yeah. will care people will they're be hot. on board Look with this yeah they're hot they're vampires and you know that was enough for little girl Naomi but not enough for the me. only thing that really 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 disappointed me mm-hmm. was how they made lip service throughout the film. Several people asked like what does it mean to be immortal? What does right. it mean to be a vampire what does it mean to hunger for humans no answer yeah it felt like it very much felt like this movie was circling things that they wanted to say but never getting to the point and never actually landing on on anything um and i think you know to be honest i i I don't know that that was on purpose i think that might have just been kind of what happened from uh you know by accident and they didn't actually have anything to say because or no or people who were making the movie were not all saying the same thing that's it very felt likely very scattered to me yes. as far as like yes. we're asking some of these questions but it but then we're actually giving you some of these answers and then yes. you know there are all these other kind of like thought provoking things that we could talk about but we're just going to bring them up and then you know 
push and, him under the yes, rug. So. And there is obviously a group of that film who thought it was just all about the costumes right. and nothing else mattered. Right. I, I want to say that maybe the costumes were actually the only thing that won an award about <laughs> about this movie, but I'm not positive on that. You know what? Costume did not win any awards. Which? My Lestat costume this Halloween. Nobody knew who I was. Did you dress up as Lestat? Yes! Oh my nobody gosh. got it. Wow. Nobody got it. I'm not sure I would have gotten you it. You would not have gotten it. I looked Did you wear like, a roughly blouse? I looked like a uh, pirate carrot top. <laughs> it was not a success. Okay. Once I told people who I was, most of them said, I've never even seen that film. Yeah. And a couple of them said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you did. That's a good one. <laughs> it may be too dated of a reference. Yeah, not <laughs> not in the zeitgeist yeah. right now. I, I have come to realize too late. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I think that's I think that's I everything think I good. have to say about. Do you want me to share my shame with you? Sure. Remember I sent you that text saying, like, I can't wait to see your vampire costume. Uh-huh. I was going to wear my vampire costume, oh. but it was so poorly received, it took all the confidence <laughs> out of me. Oh, that's too bad. I hope and, you got a lot of candy anyway. Oh, we got a bowl full. Please okay. help yourself to candy before you leave today. Okay. Are we good on the interview with the vampire, the vampire chronicles of Vampironia? I think we're good. All right, then it is time for... The pitch. <laughs> Nailed it. Good job. Are you ready for lifeblood? I am. All right. Now, if I had to, if I had to give you a high concept pitch of mission, mishmashing this and that, uh-huh. uh, I would say that this is kind of like an interview with a vampire meets Die Hard. Interesting. On a train. Okay. But not like that. Yes. Quick question. <laughs> Already. <laughs> Have you seen Train to Busan? I have not. I have not, okay. but that's on the list. That okay. is definitely on the list. That's the Korean Korean, film? yeah. It's it's not vampires. It's zombies, yes. but it's good. This isn't that. I'm okay. pretty sure this isn't that. Okay, good. Uh, but I have I have heard of that. You want a log line? Sure. Or do you, do you want to just go home? <laughs> no, let's hear okay. it. Okay. Log line. Sorry, I didn't mean to get standoffish there. That was rude of me. I, I, I apologize. When were you standoffish? When I said we could just go home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll leave the sassy to you. <laughs> When a train hiding refugees gets hijacked by fringe militants, an unassuming farm girl is the only one with the power of protecting the outcasts, even though it may mean revealing their dark supernatural secret Mm. and hers. Okay. Ooh, we're off to good. See, I told you this one is just like good genre stuff. Here's what I would say like, no joke, if you are a film producer, a Mm -hmm. developer, just buy this shit right now before <laughs> someone else does. That's how good it is. We can fix whatever's not working, but this is one like, Five just a dollar it. for every time I heard someone say that. Yeah, but it, <laughs> in, in, in five or six minutes, I'm going to say, was Told I wrong? So. Yeah. <laughs> and you can answer however okay. you feel. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear the pitch. All right, so our main girl is, where is her name? Oh, boy. Livana. Livana. Okay. That's her name. Okay. And uh, she's the farm girl. Starts out the boarding of the train. Now, a uh, little bit of geography, if I may, at the top of this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the train is starting out in Moscow, mm-hmm. goes to St. Petersburg, okay. up to Helsinki, and the end goal on the schedule, at least, is Hammerfest, Norway. Okay. Uh, but we will find out that the train is going further than Hammerfest. Okay. Uh, the, so we start out with the, the train boarding in Moscow, all the uh, mostly like 
poor farmers, the lower class. Some of them are going to St. Petersburg. Some are going to Helsinki. Okay. Very, very few of them are going all the way to Hammerfest. In fact, maybe only one of them is going all the way to Hammerfest. Okay. Boarding on the train. Uh, and then we see our, our girl, Livana. There, There's this family. It's a husband and a wife and a baby. And the husband has enough money for one ticket, but not for the wife. So the conductor says, like, look, you're trying to sneak on a wife and a baby. That's two people for mm-hmm. the, the three people for the price of one. Livana begs and pleads and, and manages to get them on. It's our little save the cat moment, I, I believe they called, okay. where we see the main character's <laughs> compassion. Uh, and then the train takes off from... Quick question. Yes. How old is Lavana? Lavana, I would I would put her late teens, early 20s. Okay. See, this isn't even one where I said, like, how old do you want her to be? That's how good this bitch is. <laughs> I got it. Um, early 20s. I'd yeah. put her at the early That's 20s. That's good to know, because then I can picture her correctly. Um, uh, the train The train pulls out. And it's starting towards St. Petersburg. Uh, halfway there between Moscow and St. Petersburg, it gets hijacked by Barrett and his team of militant extremists. Now, okay. these guys look funded, judging by their their you weapons, know their gear, their sure. weapons, their ability to stop a train, hijack it, and take complete control of it. Um, so uh, Barrett, he kind of like explains the basics of what this is. It is a hostage situation, and he needs... He needs compliance from all the passengers because they have to get through customs. They have to Mm. get uh, through Helsinki. They have to get up into Norway through those customs. So uh, he does his version of negotiation, which is uh, the baby starts crying. He kills the baby. Mm. The mother goes hysterical. He kills the mother. The father is stone cold stoic. This is the family that Levana helped get on the train and she's seeing all this happen. So Mm -hmm. uh, she's not in a good way right now. I have a question. Yes. What is the goal of the hijackers? We we will we will be okay. finding that out. Okay. We will be finding right. that out. Uh, but he's he's being coy with information. Very limited information okay. given all, to the all cars. All he's saying is we're, we're hijacking you, yes. and you have to comply, and you're or, play along. or you're dead. Yes, okay. yes. And then the husband is stone cold stoic, not showing any emotion. Another bullet to the head, mm-hmm. because uh, just to make a point, okay. just to make it clear where he stands okay. on this. Um, and then. He wants to know there there are two passenger cars and then there are four cargo cars. Okay. So he wants he says what's in cargo hold what's in the cargo hold one? And he gets the answer. It's it's uh, 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 produce goods that mm-hmm. are going to to Norway. And he says what's in two? Produce goods. What's in three? Produce goods. Like the people know, the people mm-hmm. on the train. What's in four? Silence. Total silence. Nobody mm-hmm. knows what's in four. So he kills someone. What's in four? Mm-hmm. Another execution. Finally, Levana stands up and says, I know what's in four. He's looking for uh, the local, is what we'll call her in this situation. So he wants to know mm-hmm. who knows about car four. Okay. And Levana is now his his ally, okay. his friend in all this. And I have a question. Yes. Why would you ask the passengers and not like the crew of the train? Did they already oh, kill he's making, the he's, crew? He or? is uh, theatrical. Okay. This is just to make sure they know, like who's in charge he's okay. really really driving this home okay and uh it is the the levana who knows and also he wants to get this information out of the the one passenger who knows what's being and smuggled in the fourth car okay so uh, does he already know yeah okay so yes, he's he knows yes, he's yes. checking to see he's trying knows. to suss out who okay. else knows this information okay. and is willing to kill to find out who knows it okay uh, they arrive in St. Petersburg, uh, unload more than half of the produce and load it up with, with weaponry. Mm-hmm. And then they take off from St. Petersburg. Any questions so far? Are we no, good? Okay. 
while they are in St. Petersburg, Levana slips a note out to one of the one of the police, one of the armed guards of the the Russian police mm-hmm. to try to get some help. Uh, she is quickly found out to be a traitor, and Barrett cuts off uh, her fingers with with a with a good old machete. He, he's, he's got a flair for the theatrics. Um, and then they prepare the the cabin for the border crossing, running the drills, and making sure everyone has the information that they play it cool. Mm-hmm. That he has no fear of killing anyone. Mm-hmm. That he will sooner see everybody in both cabins die than get stopped in his mission to get. To yeah. Hammerfest. Okay. Um, the border crossing is incredibly tense, uh, but the he the they're willing. They manage to pull it together and get him through the border. Mm-hmm. The 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 passengers get him through the border in protection of their own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are now on our way to Helsinki. Okay. Um, nightfall. Nightfall comes. Okay. Which means that we can feed those in the fourth car. Okay. <laughs> they are refugees. So what's going on is uh, there are there's a, a vampire community. We start to pepper this information throughout. There's a vampire community. The only way to access it is to take the train to Hammerfest. And then uh, those who know are allowed down into this tunnel. They are allowed to take the train down into the tunnel where these uh, vampires are living and hiding, mm-hmm. divorced from society, tired of uh, of, of eating people, mm-hmm. and uh, this is a, a train car that they're trying to get out of Russia and up into this safe haven okay. where they can live in peace. So they're trying to get the vampires yes. to the vampire community. Yes, yes, and where, there's where a little, they will no longer eat people. Where they will no longer, yeah, they'll no longer have the temptation around them. There's a lot of like kind of lore bending where mm-hmm. a lot of the lore is familiar, but there might be twists and turns sure. on the rules. So if there's anything that's not clear, please ask me far as from the trees where I'm sitting. Yeah, so. yeah. So I was going to say a couple things. Yes. Um, Hit me. Uh, I mean, I like the idea of, I like the concept so far of sort of, you think it's one thing and then it actually turns out to be this genre thing, right? I think that, um, you're going to want to find ways to hint to us what the, well, I I like all the action stuff, but I think Mm -hmm. you'll want to find ways to, to get the tone to match the later tone so that it doesn't feel like such a hard left to go from like action hijack story to vampire story. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And there are, like, telling details mm-hmm, that I haven't sure. been mentioned because I don't want to slow down the yeah, pitch yeah. to a crawl, but there are little okay. things peppered throughout that, right. that hint at it. One of the big things, uh, one of the big lore changes is that uh, you can be born with vampire blood. These are called the lifebloods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until you consume human blood, you haven't turned. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a like a hunger for it, but not like a, a life or death need to mm-hmm. be consuming human flesh Got until it. you drink human blood. Okay. At which point you get your vampire powers mm-hmm. and you lose your ability to walk around in the daylight. Okay. Um, Levana is a half blood who has never eaten of, mm-hmm. of the, the human flesh. Okay. And she's kind of like helping to organize this underground right. railroad. So here's, yes. here's my other question. And this might be something that you answer later. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the logic yes. of, why your hijacker has to hijack the train. Yes. I need to, I need to understand how that works. Maybe not at this point, but at some point so that I understand like, okay, so these people were already being smuggled. They were clearly already smuggled in the fourth car. Yes. Lavana already knew. Yes. Um, why did the hijacker have to hijack the train? Because they need to get the payload of weaponry into the community to destroy the whole vampire community. That's the goal of the hijackers. Oh, so he's not trying to smuggle. 
He's not part of the smugglers. Barrett? Yeah. No, he's trying to exterminate. Like he's Got looking it. for refugees to Got kill. It. Okay. And he doesn't just want to kill the car of refugees. He wants Got to it. destroy this entire safe haven. Okay. He wants to uh, fire clear shots across the vampire okay. community that they are not safe anywhere. So does he not know where the vampire community is? Uh, he has a rough idea. Okay. He knows that it is accessed by this train mm-hmm. and that uh, Hammerfest is the linchpin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the community is underground okay. and it's well protected underground. So, so the so, only way so, in is with the train that delivers the goods right. to the community once okay. a month or whatever it so is. So the conductor on the train knows where this community yes. is. Yes. Um, does it make sense that Barrett would make a big show of getting on the train. Yes, because they need to load up the three cargo cars okay. with the weaponry. Why and he needs the, complete control of the train, of all cars in the train, to do that three-car swap. Does the conductor not know that he's been hijacked? Yes, the conductor, uh, I am guessing, is executed at this point. Okay. And that le- the reason he needs Levana is because the conductor of the train won't be the conductor they're expecting. Mm-hmm. So he needs at least one other person to vouch for him and his team okay. in Hammerfest. Okay, got it. Okay. So that's what... That's, I think that's holds together yes there was a lot of this going on in my head (laughs) right and that's why i'm encouraging you to ask questions because i don't want to like like i don't want to assume that we need to go down all these Mm -hmm. but uh, but i don't want to leave you hanging if that information feels vital to the it's just always with stories like this you have to you have to question if is there an easier way for him to accomplish his goal other other than the spectacular thing that i want him to do yes (laughs) yes 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 and i have been trying to make sure that it all tracks and if there's stuff that doesn't track like let's not end the conversation because i think this could be a big budget wonderful just a wonderful (laughs) script okay um, nightfall, so they can't feed the refugees at, at during the day because they can't open the door to the fourth car because, wait, that doesn't make sense, because they haven't all turned. So there are some who have turned already in the car. That <laughs> okay. actually comes in later. Okay. Oops. So wait, I have a question. Does Levana know yes. that he's trying to exterminate all the vampires? She is aware of mm-hmm. the threat that is coming her way. She doesn't know the exact mechanics of all of it, but she's putting it together quickly, and she is trying to find the way that the most... Vampires and humans can come mm-hmm. out of this alive. Okay. Like her goal is least right. lives, fewest lives lost. Okay, um, and that is why she is playing along. I mean, early on, it uh, the, she's trying to figure out a way to mm-hmm. to keep death from happening to okay. all these people. Okay. Uh, so they get the. Uh, any other questions? No. Okay. On the way to Helsinki. Oh yes, sorry. Yes. One more. Hit me. Where in the story are we? We are at sequence four, coming up on springboard okay. four. Okay. So we're just about halfway through. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's kind of where I thought we were. Yep. yep. Okay. See, that's what happens when it's a good pitch. You know where you are in the story. Okay. Uh, coming up on Helsinki, there is the undeniable fact that some people will have to get off the train because it would be very suspect if this whole train showed up in Helsinki after coming there day after day after day mm-hmm. and half getting off and half not getting off. Sure. So they work out this plan where all anyone who gets off is going to be half a family. So this husband is going to be separated from mm-hmm. his wife and his wife is going to now be an agent sure. uh, that's working for Barrett. So yeah, they yeah. kind of split Some insurance. Yeah. 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 So they split the team. They split families in half and keep guards with the family who are getting off the train mm-hmm. and leave guards with the f- half of families who are staying on the train. Just right. like if you guys do anything, 
the, everyone they, dies. They get it, yeah. If they do something, they're going to die. Right. So just play along and we will right. meet up back a little bit north of here and reload the train. And you'll all be reunited. If you just run with us on this, you will be reunited with your families. But we can't afford letting anyone out to get, you know, the word can't get out of what's actually going on. So they split. Um, Levana, once they've split, the passengers who are on the train get it in their heads like, this is our chance to stop what's happening. Mm-hmm. Rumblings of, of a mutiny start happening. And Levana does everything she can to subdue them, knowing that it will be a massacre. If anyone tries anything, like at the point, at this point, they've gotten through so much that mm-hmm. if, if they make Barrett desperate, he'll get desperate. Mm-hmm. The closer they get, the less risk he has. Yeah. The more he can afford to execute 20 people and leave them in the frozen lake right. nearby. Uh, her uh, it do- doesn't, doesn't, doesn't take. The, they try to protect themselves. Meanwhile, uh, the van, the van full of the families that have been split up are driving along the winding roads uh, covered in snow. The the van skids on some ice and le- ends up flipping mm-hmm. in the in the middle of the night. So now we have this situation where if they want to survive, we're not talking like survive the insurrection of the train. Mm-hmm. We're talking survive the night. Mm-hmm. These people have to work together to flip the van back up on its wheels, mm-hmm. make sure the engine is running. So all these hostages are having to work with their captors mm-hmm. just to not freeze to death. Right. Okay. Um, the mutiny is a disaster. Mm-hmm. There are lives lost on both sides, more on the civilian side than on, on Barrett's team, mm-hmm. but it, it does not go very well at all. Uh, one of the things that happens is Levana does get shot with her last breath. She consumes the flesh of, of another human being, and okay. she has turned herself vampire at this okay. point. So uh, hell's about to be popping. Things okay. are heating up on this train. And, uh, you know, the, the A stories and the B stories are intersecting beautifully. <laughs> okay. Would you not agree? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, bad news is the sun's coming up, mm. which neutralizes her as a potential uh, mm. savior to all these people. She has to retreat. Yes. In your version, does the sunlight kill them or is it just it takes away their powers or? Um, what I like to think of it as is, is not death, but like imagine you're just being tased perpetually. Like you are completely incapacitated <laughs> okay. and in severe pain that does no tissue damage. So the pain can go on for as long as the sun is out and you are incapacitated. But when it goes down, like you're... Then you're okay. You you, can recover. You're shaken, but not stirred by it. But, uh, but still it's, it's completely incapacitating and crippling. Uh, so she retreats to car four with the other, with the lifebloods and Mm -hmm. other vampires of which she is now one. And there are casualties in the van. Like, you know, maybe we lose somebody along Mm -hmm. the way on that van trip, Yeah, but, uh, they make it up to Oulu is the town where they're meeting and they get all the people back on the train that were separated in Helsinki. So we're now reunited. Uh, Livana is now a full vampire. Wait, why do they reunite the people? Uh, why do they reunite the people? Hmm. That's <laughs> a very interesting question. Because uh, they're nice terrorists. <laughs> One other question. <laughs> they're nice fringe militants. <laughs> the lifebloods in Carrefour who aren't, have not ever consumed human flesh. Mm-hmm. So they don't, they haven't like turned. Yes. Why do they have to be in Carrefour? Uh, because they're refugees, all of them. Okay. They are, uh, uh, 
from the outside, a lifeblood is as bad as a vampire. And you can identify them immediately or? That's an interesting question. Because Levana is half. Is that the same thing? I mean, she's, she's a lifeblood until she's a full vampire. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, I would say that there is no, I haven't thought of any specific marking. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you would be able to tell for her too, yeah. right? Yeah. But also she's kind of wrapped up, like in my mind, she's overbundled the whole, mm-hmm. t- the, the whole intro sequence. And okay. it's, anyway, um, that's a little okay. nuts and bolts for this stage <laughs> okay. of the pitch All process. Right. Um, interesting questions, and they are revealing about what I haven't quite considered, well, yeah. and I mean, we have to find answers it's for. It's always like rules of the world yeah, for these, yeah. you know. But no, like, game-breaking glitches nope. yet. No, okay, no, no. okay. <laughs> All right, uh, things are getting desperate on the train as mm-hmm. they get closer to Hammerfest, which is an awesome name for a it city. Is. Um uh, Lavana is realizing how hot things are getting, and she murders a guard, takes his garb. They're wearing, like one of them has full riot gear mm-hmm. on, which she puts on so she can have some type of mobility out in the sunlight, completely okay. shrouded. Um, and then, uh, oh my God, we're all. What did I miss? I missed something here. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. You got so excited about your pitch. <laughs> The border guards uh-huh. in Norway. Okay, so they've got one more one more uh, border they have to cross, mm-hmm. and things are, like the wheels are practically coming off this train at this point. Like the people are so frazzled. Okay. There, there are so many bodies hidden in the cargo holds. Okay. <laughs> oh wait, no, the bodies have been thrown into the frozen lake on the way up. But the Nor- the guards in Norway smell a rat. Like mm-hmm. they, this is not normal. What's okay. going on? The conductor they were expecting is not on the train. Uh, the people are looking like bags under their eyes. Mm-hmm. It's just—it's a mess, and they can smell it. So they start doing more inspection, and they're getting closer and closer to to busting Garrett and his troop. Yeah. So he just throws it into sixth gear, <laughs> like full steam ahead. Okay. Forget these guys. Right. We are going to Hammerfest. We're doing the sharp right, and we're just going to bomb this place. I think this is my big question. Hit me. Logic question, because yes. again, I'm I'm trying to you know make sure all the all the parts work as they should and are logical and everything. Um, you said that a, you made a comment earlier that like a, a lifeblood is just as bad as a full vampire from the people's perspective. Right. So who, so who is Barrett hijacking the train from and why does he have to do this mission covertly? If, if all the people hate vampires and he's out to kill vampires, wouldn't they be like, we will get you there, buddy. Because there is an alliance up in up, uh, particularly in Norway, but in Norway, Finland, Sweden, all in that area, there mm-hmm. is uh, compassion for for the for the, the, the brood. Okay, as so- long as they don't murder anyone, they will give them safe haven there. Okay, uh, things are not so friendly in Russia. Mm-hmm. In fact. Uh, the Russian government would love to work in 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 accordance with maybe the American government to see the extermination of mm-hmm. all vampires. Maybe there are some political leaders who need to push themselves forward, mm-hmm. so they target the the um, the fringes of society mm-hmm. who are just looking for safe haven. Uh, so that is why the the these fringe military groups are teaming up, and the government is helping them to get the weaponry on board, okay. which they wouldn't be able to get on board once they get into Europe. That's why they have to do the load up down in Russia. That may be a lot of exposition yes. for for a movie that is 
already mixing some genres and yes. bending some rules yes. and things yes. like that. So if you can find a way to convey that yeah. more power to you, yes. uh, my question would be like, is there a way to simplify your plot to instead of keep, instead of like stacking on, oops, stacking on more mm-hmm. and more things for motivations, um, is there a way to simplify? Is there a way that, because I think the, the, the question you know, that came to mind was like, well, why, why does he have to do it this way? Right. Yes. Like, why is this the best way for him to accomplish this mission of essentially destroying pe- this group of, of creatures that, that isn't universally loved, right? Like yes. they don't have a ton of support on their side. They have people who tolerate them, mm-hmm. but they don't have anyone necessarily truly defending them. Right. So for him to, it doesn't feel like big opposition for him. And I know he's not your, your story's hero. Yes. It, the story is about something else, but, f- but for like sort of the villains, pl- I put that in quotes, the villains mm-hmm. plan to make sense and to feel, um, like this is what the story is based on, you know, is sort of mm-hmm. built on. Um, I think that needs to have have a, a stronger logic yes. core, you know. I don't. I I don't disagree with you. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, what? Okay. <laughs> Go on. Go Onward, on. upward. Yes. Okay. Uh, the train gets to Hammerfest uh, and takes a turn into the tunnel. Uh, well, what would this do? This means that they can crack open that fourth cargo hold with mm-hmm. all the, the actual vampires in there and it becomes just chaos. Yeah, that's a great set piece. So, yep. Uh, so they're barreling through this tunnel trying to get the, the explosives down into the community hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just becomes chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they stop the train there. There are lives lost on both sides. The detonation does go off coll- causing the tunnel to collapse, but they're able to make it happen in a way that doesn't destroy the entire community. And they're able to save as many lives as possible, okay. but there are casualties on both sides. Oh, Oh. And, uh, how, how would you like it? If <laughs> now that Levana is, is a full vampire, uh, those fingers can, can grow back. Oh. And what if she used that hand to choke <laughs> Barrett to death? Okay. All right. And then we are out. So, <laughs> okay. So I think did I of, overplay my hand there? Uh, no. I mean, I do like the concept a lot. I think again, the, there's. But as far things. as as far as sellability goes, I think this sure. is at the top of what I've pitched so far. As yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a this. There's a lot of intriguing stuff in this concept, All right. right? I'm gonna shut my darn mouth and listen for a minute. <laughs> I like I like the genre stuff, right? And I like that you're bringing sort of a a fresh take to a genre of movie that we've seen every other version of, right? Yes. You know, like we've seen a lot of vampire movies. So it's nice to get at what the thing about interview with the vampires, there was a lot of time for my mind to wander as <laughs> sure. I was watching it and just think about different <laughs> scenarios that could be happening that yeah. aren't. Please. Um, yeah. So, so I like a lot of your concept. Um, again, I think simplifying sort of the, um, the the basis for the villain's plan would, mm-hmm. would be helpful just because I know you explained it, but it doesn't quite hold together in, in my mind in a way that I go, yep, I can accept that. Yep, like yep, I, yep. I'm on board now. I do think that it might hinge on, um, you know, the, when you, so when you describe this guy who wants to go kind of kill this, this, community of vampires that immediately almost to me feels like he's the hero, right? Because mm-hmm. he's like, because we think of vampires as the, the monsters. Hold on, slow down. What? Wait, what? <laughs> vampires aren't loved in society. <laughs> but I yes. think you have an interesting opportunity because you have a lot of vampires who are on the train, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
you have an opportunity to humanize them and for us to sort of like get to know the vampires as other, they're just like us, right? Like they're people who have relationships and feelings and whatever else. So that's, I think where you can, you can mine that for our, for, for us to get on the side of the vampires, right? They're, they're, they're just people. They're a persecuted group of people. Um, and all they're trying to do is get to a place where they can not bug anybody. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, and because your hero is, is one of them and you, you know, it gives you an opportunity to kind of like, um, change our perspective about mm-hmm. vampires, right? And maybe say something bigger about the world too. Who knows? But so uh, I think that you can do it. It's just pay attention to that. Pay attention to the fact that we're coming in, you know, your audience is coming into a movie, assuming that vampires are the bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the story you're telling. You're yes. telling a story about vampires as good guys and as people who deserve to live. Yes. And so the bad guy is the one who's trying to kill them. Yes. And I think if you can kind of like get us, um, set up those pieces to function that way as early as possible, then we can go along with the rest of the plot and not question the fact that he needs to be stopped and that there's a, you know, that he would need to do it in a particular way because maybe there, you know, because what he's trying to do is wrong. So you, he would have to be covert about it and he would have to like, call in certain favors and there are political moves or whatever that he's, that he's making right. In order to kind of make this whole thing happen. But, um, but we need to understand kind of the, basically you need to recontextualize vampires for us. You know? Yes. 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 There you go. Yes. That's, that was incredibly short. The, the fixer upper on this one. Well, I think it's, I mean, because I, I do think that like, it's a good pitch. Mm -hmm. Um, I like your, you know, your tunnel set piece. I like a lot of the visual components to it. Like there's a lot of potential for the movie. Like it, it doesn't hurt that it reminds me of train to Busan, right? Like not, not in a, not in a way that the story is From what I've heard of train to Busan, it's uh, like, if you like train to Busan, you'll probably also want to see lifeblood, but not that it's (laughs) like, Right. They're the same thing. Yeah. I would say like the things that I'm saying about your recontextualizing vampires, that, Mm -hmm. that is not what train to Busan does necessarily with, with zombies. Although it is a surprisingly emotional story. So anyway, um, but, but I, it, it has kind of the same feel of like, first of all, they're on a train. (laughs) They're going somewhere. Um, so I, I do think there are similarities that, that your pitch has to that, that make me feel like, oh, this is an exciting concept, right? There's something interesting here. Um, so lots yeah. of good stuff. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking the whole time <laughs> I was writing. I was like, oh, this is good. Oh, this is fun. Yeah, and if you can delight yourself that way yeah. as you're working on it, I think that that's a good sign. Lots of lots of little character pieces I didn't talk about. The the Barrett is always drinking from this flask. So you think he's an alcoholic. Mm. Nuh-uh, it's full of holy water. Oh. And he has it just on hand if he ever needs it. Got it. And one of the first things he does is after he finds out that Lavana has put that letter out, he uh, stands on her wrist with his big boot, mm-hmm. pops the top of his flask and pours it on her hand. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You're a little different. Like mm-hmm. there's, you, yeah. you have these little setup right, things and right. then he cuts off her fingers. Yeah. Oh, this is going to hurt a lot more than you're expecting then. Yeah. I think, yeah, making sure... It's, this is all part of the same note, which is just yeah. like recontextualizing the way we think about vampires and sort of framing each of your 
characters in the right role so that we know who the villain is and who the yes. hero, oh, hero yeah, yeah, is yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. That's all very important. And I think that that's, um, you know, you'll have a lot of fun with making oh, him the yes, villain. Oh, so, so much fun. I, yeah. I was acting him out at the coffee <laughs> shop this morning. It's It was too much fun to be Barrett. <laughs> you should have done it yesterday when you were wearing your vampire costume. Oh, wait, no, he's not a vampire. Never mind. Lestat? Yeah. He's crazy vampire. No, he? I was saying Barrett's Oh, not Barrett's a not a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> but he chews as much scenery as, yeah. as anyone possibly can. There it's not go. a bad pitch. No, it's good. I mean, I, it's, an enter- it's a totally entertaining story. I could see it as a movie. Yeah. Uh, all that good stuff. Yeah. No, it's... I will never pitch this well again because there's no conversation to have afterwards except make it even better. Um, that means we're good. Are we good? Yeah, I think that's we're good. it for the pitch. Yeah, that was so. Do you want me to pitch it again? Just because it was so incredible. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be pitching it to yourself. For, I will as I drive around. And I get to because we get. I'm off this week. Oh, good for you. All right. You well, let's, let's keep this show going. Okay. We don't. It, then it, it's there's nothing to do but. Something, anything else. <laughs> it's time for something, anything else, where yeah. we take movies off the table. No TV shows are welcome here. If you are moving images, you can take a hike, buddy. We don't want you. <laughs> and we talk about our other interests because we are both fully formed adult human beings who have passions that go so far beyond uh, film and, and television. And this is the chance to talk about it. So, Naomi, baby, <laughs> what have you got? Jesse. Yes. I. Yes. <laughs> yes. Today is the day that I forfeit <gasps> my something, anything else. And I admit that you are a superior human being. Ooh, 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 who is, I'm just slightly more well-rounded. You are not more superior. well-rounded, yeah. which makes you superior. Uh, yes. And yes. I concede. Okay. Well, I've got a, <laughs> I got a something, anything else okay. for all y'all out there. Let, let me talk about jazz for a minute. Okay. And here's why. Because, well... I like music. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't like music these days? Sure. There's so much of it. Sure. But every genre of music, when you say, oh, I'm going to listen to rock and roll, I'm going to listen to classical. Okay. I'm going to listen to post-punk. You have some idea of what that music will sound like. Sure. Jazz is the only genre that I can think of where if you say, I'm going to listen to jazz, you have no idea what it might sound like. It could be a three-piece string ensemble. It could be a 20-piece funk band riffing on the same kind of like jamming bass line and going off on. It could be some guy with a flute making fart noises for an hour. Jazz is like this wild genre where you have no clue what you're getting into when you put on a jazz record. Okay. That's all. Oh, well, and I like it. Excellent. I really like it because it's such a genre. Like, there's, it's such a surprising genre. Yeah. Time and again, there's so many forms of it, and you never know. That's good. You just I'm, never I'm, know. I'm glad jazz brings you so much pleasure and delight. It does. It does. <laughs> and just so we're clear, and that you're well rounded. <laughs> I I am not trying to be snooty. Like, I get all of jazz. Mm-hmm. I do not get most of jazz. I like the really catchy tunes, mm-hmm. the hits, sure, the ones that have made it mainstream. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's stuff that I can't listen to for more than 10 seconds because sure. and, and I hear musical geniuses say like, oh, if you understood what they're doing, yeah. you'd love it. And like, dude, I don't want to work for my leisure time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I do think there there is something interesting about like um, that that uh, familiarity with a craft does make mm-hmm. you appreciate things in that 
craft that you might not have appreciated unless you had the understanding of how it works, yes, right? Like, because yes. once you have a certain level of knowledge about something, I think that that opens up, um, other, you know, I think it opens up the category that you're, that you understand and, yes. and allows you to appreciate more of that category and understand it at a deeper level. Yep. Um, and you can, you know, you know that with anything with photography, right? It's like, once you understand sort of how certain images are put together or whatever, yeah, right. Yeah, or how, yeah. I don't know how somebody, I don't know photography clearly, but how yeah. somebody did something, you, you can appreciate it at a different level because you know what went into yeah. it. Even with like a base level of understanding of the technical background to any art form, you can, have so much fun yeah. seeing and getting what you're looking at. Yeah. Is there anything that you feel that you have, that is the doors have been opened to you on that thing because you got a base understanding. I of think it. movies for sure. Okay. I mean like the more I was hoping that you'd say something not movie related. <laughs> so I could be like, yeah, you got one anyway, but okay. Movies. <laughs> Movies. Okay. <laughs> that's that's all I do. That's all I do. It's not a bad thing to do a lot of. It's very fun. <laughs> sure. And I I feel like a little bad now that I got all hooty and snooty. And <laughs> you get to be a better person. Well this week. rounded. Let's just 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 go with it. Okay, I will. I will enjoy my superiority. incredible superiority that's <laughs> happening right now. Uh, then that that's it for something, anything else. Yeah. Uh, there's no recommendation station on this show anymore. We're doing that on the minisodes. Yeah. The movies, quicker, friends, quickly, <laughs> get it done. How, hurry up. How hard is it to remember speed round? Speedy time. Oh, speed speed round. <laughs> movies. Speed round. Speed round. I will get it. I swear to God, I will remember what it's called, uh, which is a new thing that we have just recently launched. This will come out, I think, two weeks after we do our first speed rounds. So, Look at me go. Yeah. So there should be a few speed rounds out yes. there to listen to yes. if you want a shorter version of us talking. And Recommendation Station yes. is over there as well. That just about does it for this episode. Next week, we will be discussing... Adaptation. Uh, yeah, adaptation. The movie is it? Is that a Spike Jones film? Is it? No. Is it? Who directed that? I feel Are like we doing a whole week of Spike Jones right now? Hold on. Uh, let me play some music while I Google. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're going to have to cut all of this out. <laughs> all right, thank you, the Swoa sisters, for giving us that musical distraction. It is a Spike Jones film. We are doing oh. two Spike Jones films next week. Okay. Adaptation good. and Her. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, but, yeah, okay. Yeah, but, yeah, okay. I was going to say. Hot takes from Naomi. <laughs> no, the, the release schedule. Oh, it's totally different. That, yep, yeah. you're right, you're right, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yes, yes, never mind, forget everything I just said. We'll All be right. revisiting Spike Jones. We, I am spinning my wheels at this point. Let us uh, quickly exit before I make any more mistakes. Okay. Where can people find you if they liked what they heard? You can find me on my website, writeandco.com, W-R-I-T-E-A-N-D-C-O.com, or in my Facebook group for screenwriters, Screenplay Lab. All right. And you can find me. That is myself, Jesse <laughs> Kester, at www. That's three W's in case you lost count halfway through. Uh, dot. Uh, don't spell it out. Just put the period symbol in there. The movies of the podcast dot another period, not the word dot com. Uh, You're making it really difficult. <laughs> You're going to love it over there. Um, is there anything else that we need to get to? I don't think so. We're then good. Let's ride out on... Do you, do you listen to Eartha Kitt ever? 
Sure. How about the Tijuana, Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass? No. Okay, well, just uh, Eartha Kitt, I love her. I love her music so much. She did okay. this song, uh, My Heart Belongs to Daddy, which is which is a delight. Okay. And I recently found uh, Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass did a cover of Eartha Kitt's My Heart Belongs to Daddy. Mm. So please enjoy two and a half minutes of Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass. <laughs> <laughs> 